0: Hey there, this is Ed Diaz, Executive Director of 7117 Ministries. Welcome to our new podcast, Israel, Past, Present, and Future. There will be a link in the show notes if you want to follow along while I teach. As many of you know, I have been to Israel more than 40 times over these years, and I have a great love for God's land and His people. Hopefully these podcasts will equip and prepare you to better understand the role of Israel in God's program, not just for us, but for the entire world. Now, let's begin session three right away, and the title for this episode is You Had One Job! Exclamation point. You Had One Job is a common meme these days where people are given one simple task to do, and indeed, they blow it. I recently had a fortune cookie that uh, the, the the fortune had come out of the cookie and was inside the clear bag, and it read, the job is well done. Well, I don't think so. One person had one job to do. They didn't get the fortune inside uh, the cookie. I've seen many other examples of this. Uh, there's a t-shirt with a, with a black map of, of Africa on it, and underneath in bold letters is the word Asia. Somebody had one job to do, but did not get that right. You know, there's a uh, problem in the nation Israel when they uh, begin their history in the past. They have been sent in our first episode uh, to be God's representatives on the earth. God had promised Adam and Eve that there would be a descendant of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. And the program of God is designed to develop uh, this messianic line and to protect this messianic line. At early in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 4, we saw in the last two episodes that men began to call upon the name of the Lord, literally be called by the Lord's name. And consequently, uh, there were two different groups of people on the planet. The people of God who were called by the Lord's name, and the people who were not the Lord's people. And unfortunately, those who were not called by the Lord's name began to outnumber in great numbers the people who were known by the Lord's name. So we saw in the early chapters of Genesis, God was forced to send the flood and later uh, to, to send judgment at the Tower of Babel, hoping that one of these people groups would call upon his name and be known by his people. Unfortunately, none did, so last time we looked at Genesis chapter 12, where God called Abram, who later becomes Father Abraham, and his job is to be one of the people of God. He is the man through whom God is going to develop a nation. That nation will be a kingdom of priests. They will be separated by God, and they will be there to show the other nations of the world what it is like to walk with the one true God. Abraham gave way to Isaac, who had sons Esau and Jacob. Jacob was uh, the father of twelve sons. One of them was Joseph, who ended up uh, being sold as a slave by his brothers down into the land of Egypt. And the last time uh, we did episode chapter uh, episode two, we saw that the Jews were redeemed from their slavery in Egypt. The time in Egypt had two purposes. It was number one, to allow them to grow in population and secondly, to avoid uh, intermarriage. And that was gonna happen because the Egyptians would not intermarry with the Jews. So again, the Jews are, are grown in number. They are about two and a half million minimum. It could be much more than that. Uh, and then when we get to Exodus, uh, they are in the wilderness and they're about to receive the constitution, the Mosaic covenant that will make them a nation. They, they need a people. They need a land, which is where they are headed, and they need to have a constitution. And in Exodus chapter 19, uh, we read all that the Lord has commanded, we will do. Their promise was to keep God first. They had one job, keep God first. But when we get to the very next chapter in Exodus 20, we find that they had difficulty doing that throughout their entire history in the land of Israel. Exodus 20, of course, is the chapter where we find the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter uh, 20 in verse one says, then the Lord spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And then verse four, you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands who love me and keep my commandments. And so that was it. The first two commandments out of the blocks, no other gods before me and no idols or graven image. And yet, as you study the history of Israel in the promised land, from the very beginning, they begin to worship idols. Idolatry is the major problem in Israel during their first long tenure in the land. And it continues to be so until finally God sends uh, the remnant in Judah all the way to the country of Babylon, which was the place where idols ruled greatly. Uh, Finally, after their return from Babylon under uh, Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah at the end of the Old Old Testament, uh, idolatry is no longer a problem for Israel. But apparently, they had to learn this the hard way over a period of over a thousand years. As soon as the Jews take over the land, they do it in the book of Joshua, it takes them seven years, and their job is to replace the Canaanites living in the areas of Israel. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the mosquito bites, the electric lights, were all strong warrior tribes, and under Joshua's command, they were driven out of the land, but the Jews were commanded not to intermarry with them. Again, intermarriage is a result of spiritual corruption. It says in Judges chapter three, in verse 5, the sons of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amazites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Rather than drive them out, they lived among them. And in verse 6 of Judges 3 says, they took their daughters for themselves as wives and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. See, the reason for this segregation of the races was not a racial issue. It was a spiritual issue because God knew that the people who are known by his name will ultimately be corrupted by the people who don't love God more often than not. And the resulting verse is a tragic verse in Judges chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asheroth. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan-Rishathaim, the king of Mesopotamia, and the sons of Israel served Cushan-Rishathaim eight years. And that begins a 400-year trek called the time of the judges in Israel, during which time the people of Israel will def- will be occupied by a, 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 an enemy ruler. In this case. Cushan, rishathaim sometimes it's the Midianites, which are having to de- be defeated by Gideon and so forth. And then God will have to raise up a judge who will raise up an army and go to war with the occupying people. They will finally be delivered from the occupiers, and then they will serve the, land, uh, the Lord for a while. And normally there'll be a phrase in the book of Judges that says, then the land had rest for X number of years. All this because they worshiped false gods. Now, there are three false gods that I'd like to talk to you about today, and I think, sadly, there's a great application of this lesson to our culture today. Because I believe in the ancient world, and even today, entire cultures can be possessed by demonic forces. And demonic powers are extremely evident around three times in scripture. During the time of Moses And during the time of Jesus and then before the second coming, there'll be another extreme time of demonic activity. But that does not mean that the demons under Satan's rule are not doing things today in our world. Uh, When Jesus came, uh, he limited the demon's power. You remember he sent the legion of demons into the pigs who ran then into the sea. Uh, They did not want to be sent into the abyss, which is where apparently uh, demons who are disobedient to God are waiting their final uh, arrival on the earth, and then judgment at the end of the second coming. Uh, but when the New Testament started, there was actually a mass exorcism of the demonic forces by uh, Paul and his friends at the church in, e- in Ephesus. Uh, in the Western world, I believe we are protected much from demonic activity because of the influence of Christianity. And yet we're at a time where uh, a lot of that protection has been removed and is being removed. Remember the story where Jesus said that the the man was cast out the demon was cast out of the man and the demon went away and came back and found the man's place swept and clean and said I will return and bring my friends and I believe we're seeing some of that now in our world. And that's because there exists in the Old Testament what I would call a dark trinity. The three idols that the Jews constantly worshiped over their time in Israel, when they got into the Promised Land in about 1400 B.C. until they finally got back into the Promised Land uh, in about uh, 400 B.C. uh, were three. The first was, of course, Baal. Uh, The word Baal means the possessor. He's also called the Lord of Heaven. And if you study the Old Testament, the problem with Baal is that he, quote, caused Israel to forget God and the commandments. Now, again, in our world, uh, we've kicked God out of our public arena. We've chased him from the schools back in the 1960s. We are not allowed to show the Ten Commandments in in many places. Uh, And and so the problem with that is that prior to uh, all of this wokeism and secularism, uh, there was one God, and one God meant there was one truth. And the one truth for Israel was that they were to worship their one true God and, and keep his commandments so that God could bless them and minister to the other nations on the earth. But in our world today, there is no such thing as one God. Everybody has their own God. Everybody has their own truth. Uh, if you don't believe that, if, uh, if you don't go along with someone else's truth, then you're not just wrong, you're considered uh, evil. Judges twenty one twenty five says, In that day there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And I think we're into that right now. In this day and age of wokeism, we are in bondage to all sorts of false gods. It might be drugs. It might be sex. I'm I'm afraid that oftentimes it's it's technology, uh, especially with with the young people today that we get to work with. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 8 says that we worship the works of our hands. And the word works there in the Greek comes down as the word techne, and we get technology from that. Uh, The idol becomes the god, and I think we're seeing a time, especially in the next years, where things like virtual reality will become the reality of a lot of our young people, and we will suffer the consequences of worshiping the one god that is not the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Of course, Baal has a female consort. Uh, Her name is uh, the Ashtaroth. Uh, It comes through history in a number of forms. The word Ishtar is one of those goddesses she was the babylonian form of the goddess ashtaroth Uh, aphrodite is the greek form of the ashtaroth venus in the roman world is the sensual immoral harlot the thing that concerns me and and has concerned me for years in our culture is what went on in israel was that with the worship of ash Ash and the asheroth there was an enormous amount of immorality uh, Ashtaroth, the, the idea of marriage is something that she hates. Uh, so we see in a culture that worships at the goddess of sexuality, uh, that, that homes are weakened, marriages are broken. Uh, the word pornea uh, is a big problem. It, it comes from uh, pornography in our culture. The idea of witchcraft, uh, drug addiction. Uh, this, this goddess actually says, I am a woman. I am a man. Uh, the Ashtarts are androgynous, and I think, particularly in this day and age, we see in the transgender movement uh, that our culture is trying to make young people, very young people, question the way God has made them. And in, in the in, in the beginning, God made them male and female, and that's how God has created us. But uh, in a world where there is no one truth. It's okay to be whatever gender you want to be. You don't even have to be a human gender. You can be an animal gender. They're called furries. I know that there are furries in the high schools around Lakeland, Florida, and they actually put litter boxes out in some schools for, for young people to think they're cats. At any rate, uh, this androgynous female is so fertile that on her own, she actually uh, produces a child. And that child is, uh, in in a sense, the virgin-born one. Which, again, in church history, as the early church spread, some of the wrong teaching got out there that uh, the Virgin Mary was able to fulfill the role of Venus or Aphrodite and produce a child on on her own. But what this does, it and it defeminizes woman and it creates radical feminism and in the end it goes after children and if you don't believe that just look at some of the video games that go on in our world today. So Baal is the possessor or the Lord of heaven caused Israel to forget God and his commandments. The Ashtoreth is the female consort of him. He, he's not really needed to produce a child uh, but she is the the goddess of sexual immorality. Now I think we see tons of evidence about that in our culture and perhaps the the most difficult and and dangerous idol in in the history of Israel was Molech the word molech means uh, the destroyer uh molech was manifested by a, a large statue with palms outstretched at a angle perpendicular to the to the body of the of the god and there would be a place in the stomach of molech where you would build a fire And then you would take infants and you would put them in the hands, which are usually made of metal, and you would burn your children to death. You would sacrifice them. That became such a problem that God had to warn the people of Israel about this on more than one occasion. In Leviticus 18 uh, and verse 21, it says, You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech, nor shall you profane uh, the name of your God. I I am the Lord. And so we begin to see how difficult that is in the Old Testament. It's also repeated in 2 Kings 23 and verse 10 and Jeremiah 32 and verse 35. Uh, how does that apply to us? Well, I think very specifically uh, uh, the whole abortion movement, the whole what is called, unfortunately, the pro-choice, uh, pro-choice world uh, wants to destroy uh, children. Uh, and again, it, it's no surprise to me because it's a, it's a sad result of what's gone on in our culture as we have taken God out of the marketplace and begun to worship uh, the goddess Ashtaroth in the world of sexual immorality and and pornography. Uh, When uh, Jesus came, uh, abortion was very common and child sacrifice was very common, but as the gospel spread, particularly in the western world, abortion primarily ended. But we're seeing now uh, a movement to Uh, not just legalize abortion at any time, but to do it right up until the birth. That's called infanticide, and that's what Molech did. He took live infants, uh, and they were burned in his hands to death. It was a great way to uh, persecute the weak and the infirm, and particularly the poor. Uh, The wealthy would buy children from the poor and offer them as their own sacrifice uh, to Molech. And the result of all that is not a happy ending. Because as you see, uh, that goes on in Israel, even in, in the land of Israel itself. In Second Kings 23, uh, 10, it says, He also defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, so that no one would make his son or daughter pass through the fire for Molech. And what's going on here, the valley of Hinnom is something we'll see in Israel. The Hinnom Valley is the valley that runs along the southern wall of the city of Jerusalem. It's also called the Valley of Gehenna, and it's the uh, New Testament picture for hell because it was the garbage dump of the city, and there was a constant smoldering there because the garbage would be burned. You would generally have a wind that came off the Mediterranean from the west to the east, and it would blow the smoke out into the desert. If the wind would come from the south, the city of Jerusalem would put up with that awful stench, and part of the stench over the years was the burning of, of children. Jeremiah 32 and verse 35 says, They built high places of Baal that are in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, that's Gehenna, to make their sons and their daughters pass through the fire to Molech, which I had not commanded them, nor had it entered my mind that they should do this abomination to mislead Judah to sin. See, even by the end of the Old Testament, when there's only one kingdom left, they're still wicked and committing idolatry, worshiping the Baals, worshiping the Ashtaroth, and worshiping Molech. Well, the result of all that is, fast forward from about 1400 BC to 722 BC, the 10 northern tribes of Israel who actually built a false temple who worshiped Baal when Elijah did his war with the prophets of Baal, and we'll get to see that place at Mount Carmel uh, when we visit Israel. Uh, the northern tribes had bought in hook, line, and sinker to this whole idol worship thing and the prophets of Baal were evil, and the Asheroth were there, and the worship of Molech was prevalent. And by 2 Chronicles 28 verses 1 to 27, you read that in 722 BC, the Assyrians came out of the north, and they carried away the ten northern tribes of Israel. Those ten tribes never again regathered as a nation. Sometimes they're called the ten lost tribes. I don't believe they were lost, because I believe by the time of Christ, there's evidence that all... 10 tribes were represented in the land about the time of Christ. But that would normally be a, a life lesson for the kingdom of the south, which was called Judah. So from 722 to 586, there was only one nation, Israel, the nation of Judah. That's where the term Jews comes from, from Judah. And in 586, the Babylonians came in and the Babylonians were the source of all idolatry in the world as I've shared before, and it was like the Jews couldn't get enough of idol worship. And so God says, you want idol worship? I'm gonna send you to the place where it originated. And so in 586, and you wanna read this story at some point, there's a live link on your handout to 2 Kings 25. It's a tragic end to the people of God. In 586 BC, the last of the Jewish people who live as a nation for God in the land of Israel are exiled to Babylon for seven years, 70 years. No other nation in the history of the world is kicked out of their homeland for 70 years and regathers. And yet God has a plan for Israel. And that will be our next episode. The episode is entitled, But God. But God loved his people, made promises to his people, will keep his promises to his people, and he will bring them back from their captivity in Babylon in spite of their sinfulness. By way of application, I think it's pretty obvious to us. What is an idol? An idol is anything which comes between me and God. What comes between you and God? Does your job come first? Does money come first? Is materialism a problem for you? Perhaps it's something as simple as your sports teams. Uh, I know people who get caught up in sports gambling, and that's their idol. They worship at the God of the odds makers. Television itself can become a God. There's so much on television that we have to be careful of. Pornography, when I was a young man, you had to really work hard to, to view pornography. Now, if you have a teenage male in your, in your home or female, uh, you can bet that they've seen pornographic images on their phone, even if we try to keep them away. Sometimes your family can become an idol, where we worship at the altar of our children and forget that God is more important than any other thing in our life. So our challenge as we wind up this episode is to remember that God is the one true God. We want to have no other gods before him and not put before him any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. We shall not serve anything else or worship them because our God is a jealous God and there are consequences under the third and fourth generation for this sin of idolatry.